0: So I love it when the children do their nativity stuff. I mean, since, since COVID, coming back has been a quite a journey for a lot of people in terms of getting things back in order and of course we've had to grow our youth by having babies and as you can see, they're great fun, aren't they? You know, I'm sure dressing them as angels seems a little bit like a contradiction but anyway, those of you who know what it's like to have children um, but they're just great. My favorite story ever of a nativity scene was, um, I told it last year actually, but it was the uh, kids, I think it was at the school that it was being done, and this uh, kid wanted to be, jo- to be Joseph, and he was told he can't be Joseph, and he was like, well, I, I want to be Joseph, I should be Joseph, and he, they said, no, you can't be Joseph, you, you can be the innkeeper. So he, he said, yes, I'll be the innkeeper. So he gets to be behind. They've got a big stage set up at the school, and there's the door for the innkeeper, and he's the other side of the door. And Joseph and Mary come up and they knock the door. And he doesn't open the door. (laughs) You know? So they knock. Knock again, knock again. You know, the teacher's on the side. Knock again, knock again. So he knocks on the door, and there's still no reply. And they say, Knock again. So he knocks a third time and says, I'm not opening the door. You're not coming in. It comes from behind the door. I wanted to be Joseph. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what happens with children when you start doing stuff. But um, t- Today, as we've got like this as our carol service, I thought I'd just. Um, a-, a verse in the Bible. I don't know if you could put some verses up for me, Ian. That would be great if you can. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And the book of Isaiah was written roughly 700 years before Jesus was born. And um, I don't know what you think about prophecies, whether you think those things are real. Some people might call them predictions. No, I don't like that word. Or maybe they saw what was coming. Because that's another word for a prophet, is a seer. So maybe he saw what was going to come in the future. And it says, Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, the word Emmanuel uh, means God with us. That's what the meaning of that word is. And so I just thought I'd just share a couple of ideas about what God with us might look like today. But before I do that, just this idea of the Bible being like written or those. Prophecies written 700 years before Jesus. There are a lot of people who have a bit of an issue about, is the Bible authentic? Can you trust it? Right? So I do know that Plato was a a guy who did some, wrote some books and had some um, writings that have been found of his ten copies. And there's no doubt in anybody's mind, history or whatever, that this is the work of Plato because there are ten copies of it. But there's doubt over the authenticity of the New Testament and whether what we found, what, what is there, is it real, is it genuine? Do you know how many copies of the New Testament or pieces of writing from the New Testament there were? So 10 copies of Plato and we have no problem. That's, his books are then reprinted and they're in all our libraries. Philosophers read them. How many copies of the New Testament or writings from the New Testament were found? 28,000! And we wonder if it's authentic, if we can trust it. It's a bit of a strange way the world looks at things. So one of the things I wanted to say was, how is God with us today? And this is one way that Christians believe God is with them. I hesitate to go to this chair, because this chair has um, these things on. I'm going to touch it very gently. These are little machines that operate those stand-up lights back there. And when I accidentally knock them, they all start changing colour. So I'm trying very hard to avoid doing that. So if it goes all... Uh. So lo- lots of Christians believe um, that this thing, which you've heard of, may-, may be called a Bible, is God with us. That's, that's one way we, we believe God is with us. Because we read this, or people have read this, and they say, Oh, God spoke to them from when they read this. People have read this and said, oh, it gave me peace when I read this. People have read this and they say, oh, it gave me guidance. I didn't know what to do. I remember uh, uh, some, someone in the church was really torn over what to do, what, what would be the right thing to do in a situation. They didn't know whether to do this thing or not do this thing. And they were praying and nothing seemed to be happening. And then one day they opened the Bible and in the Bible, it literally said, word for word, one of the verses that just popped out of Scripture from them, the situation that they were in and what they should do. You know that even presidents and prime ministers read this to get guidance on how to run their countries. So, in some ways, God's with us. Maybe it's through this through your Bible. There's lots of people who have read it and, and found healing, strength, courage. But that's not the only way I see when I look around, what is God with us? Another one is through... Oh, there's a verse you could put on there, if you don't mind for me, which is, uh, to Timothy... Oh. By the way, my name's Timothy, that's why they do that. I do apologise. Um, 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16. All Scripture, that's what we call this, another word for the Bible, is Scripture, is given by inspiration or breathed by God. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. So this has come from God, so maybe it is God. Another way we believe that, that, that God is with us is through the church. The church people, the church buildings. So, when people are in trouble, that's where they go. Often. They find, somehow, solace in going into a church. Different kinds of churches, of course there are. There's cold ones, there's hot ones, there's dark ones, there's light ones. There's, but there's... Those happy clappy churches, you ever been in one of them? You are in one, but you might not have known that. Yes, you were in one of those. And then there's the sort of stand-up, sit-down churches, you know, which you did a bit of that this morning. We were only exercising you, just giving you, because you've got a lot of mince pies coming up. So it was like. But also, people go to church because they, they find friendship, they find kindness, they find love. But there's some of the things that happen in church which you might not know about. So, can I just put this verse on the screen? Ephesians 1, verse 22. He put all things under his feet, talking about Jesus, and made him to be head over all things, that is, the church. So, Christians believe that God is in the church. So, if you come into church, you might find yourself experiencing an atmosphere We had a funeral here, um, and that's another thing people go to church for. Funerals, because somehow they find something when they do that. But we had a a funeral here of a a lady who'd been in the church for a long time. She was in her fifties. She died of cancer, and we 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 missed her. We still miss her today. Wonderful, wonderful lady. But her and her family were quite well known in the area. Um, How can I put this? Most of the local pubs knew the family. So we had about 300 people turn up for this funeral, not all churchgoers by any means, you know, well a different kind of church they went to every week and during the week. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know the church they went to. So they came here and we were just worshipping, we were thanking God for the life of this beautiful lady and and afterwards, they had a, a wake at a, a local pub and my wife and I went along and uh, just to show our faces. And as we were there, people were coming up to us one at a time saying, what was that? I said, what do you mean? I said, what was going on in your building this morning? There was like something happening. We could feel something and we've never felt that before. So maybe the, God with us Maybe it's the church. Maybe that's one way we begin to find out about God. In the Old Testament, they had something called the tabernacle, and that was believed to be the place that the presence of God dwelt. So I actually believe that, that God might be in the word, but I also think you ought to find him in church. But that's not the only thing. Something particular that we do in church. So Psalm 22, verse 3 is we do this thing, which we've not done it this morning, although we're singing carols, it's, it's a similar thing. We sing worship. And in worship, we tell God we adore Him, we, we, we love Him, we worship Him. But, and the Bible says that He is enthroned on the praises. In other words, where He's being praised, He comes. He likes to be part of that. He likes to be in on that. His presence is felt there. And sometimes... When we're worshipping, God's presence can be so real, so I'm going to say this to you just in case there's anyone here who is in pain this morning. Right? And it's not happened to everybody who has ever been in church, but we've had times as we've been worshipping where people who have been in pain have found their pain leave just as we worshipped. Because maybe God is there Emmanuel, God with us. Maybe worship is God with us. And isn't that really, I guess, for me as a Christian, what being a Christian is really about? Is is he there? Is he not there? <coughs> so that's why I just wanted to share those couple of ideas with you about that. But obviously this time of year is, is what it's all about. God with us is Jesus being born. So, um, can you put a verse on there for me? Isaiah 9, verse 6. Isaiah 9, verse 6. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. I'm a counselor, but I wouldn't put wonderful in front of my name. Um, Yeah, you can find me in the directory, counseling directory, and it doesn't say... Wonderful counsellor, it just says counsellor. Maybe some of my clients might say I'm wonderful, but that's, you know. Wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. All of those things are just the titles. Who's it given? To the one who is coming. To the child who is going to be born. Jesus was not just a nice baby who was born for a nativity scene. My favourite verse in, in this time of year, the Christmas story. And I'm sorry, somebody said to me the other day, I think it was my, my son-in-law Rick was on about uh, dad jokes. You know what dad jokes are like, you know. You, I don't know what it is. Suddenly at some point in your life, you, you just become different. <laughs> and you start to say things that to you in your head are hilarious, are funny. And to everyone around you, it's like, oh, Dad, that's, what are you, you know? And, and I have one of those verses in the Bible that does that to me. So it's that verse that says that the shepherds and the, angel, and the wise men came to the stable and there they found Mary and Joseph and Jesus lying in a manger. You know what I'm saying? All three of them in a manger. We've all done it wrong all these years should be a big manger, mom and dad in it, and a baby, because that's what it says. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus lying in a manger. Dad joke. You've got to know that. You see, you can't even get it unless you're a dad who's lost it a little bit. You know, because that's what we do when we get that sort of... And John 1 verse 14 says this. It's talking about this thing, which I said earlier. Maybe God's in this. But then it said this. And the word became a person. It became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only one from the Father. Jesus is God with us. That's what Christmas for us truly is about. It is about, and and okay, I I wrote this down because I thought this was true. Um, There are people who will say, where have I written it? I don't know, I've written it somewhere. I've lost it. You know what I'm like. I just feel like there's these critical voices that say, if there's a God, why? You know, that sort of thing. Uh, I, I think I shared with people who were here last week, uh, I, I've written a few kind of uh, albums over the years, worship songs, and I got invited onto Sheffield Radio <coughs> to advertise my latest album, recorded on CD. No, it wasn't. It was a cassette. That was the how long ago it was, recorded on a cassette, and they said, come on, we would like to interview you and see if you, you know, and advertise your new cassette, uh, on, on the so I said, yeah, that's great, so I said, um, okay, so they sat me down, said, welcome, we want to introduce everyone to Mr. Tim Coleman and his new album, da, 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 and, then, and then said, Tim, we've got a question for you, and all our, our listeners would like to know, why does God let babies die? It's a great one, isn't it? It's a great one. Is that on the album? No. No. But there's this critical voice that, has, that we have in this world that says, how can, the, how can God be with us when all this happens? And I want to tell you, I hear that. I hear that. But I hear it slightly different to you. Because my wife and I had a miscarriage many, many years ago. And God was with us. And there's this sense that these terrible things and bad things and really bad things happen, does that mean he's not with us? There will be people in this church who, will, who could tell you, had it not been for God being with them, who knows where they would be today? If that's you, would you just go, yeah? yeah. See? There are people who would say, oh, but uh, I'm sick, and I'm this, you know, I've am you had this all my life, and you know where was, where's God been? And, and then there's other people who will be able to stand up and say, I don't know why, but God healed me. I had I had tennis elbow, which those of you who know what tennis elbow <coughs> is, it's just that pain in your elbow. But I, I don't play tennis. <coughs> so I don't know how I got it, but anyway, it was this arm, because I couldn't pick my tee up. You know that thing? You, do, you go like, ah, so I, I was in terrible agony. And I had this for age, went to the doctors, I had all kinds of stuff, nothing seemed to shift it. When, this was weird. I'd get up and lead worship, which is a lot of this arm action, no pain. As soon as I stopped playing, I couldn't pick the Bible back up. Because it hurt him so badly. So I don't know what that was about, but anyway. So I got prayer for it. Somebody prayed for it. In the name of Jesus! You know what I mean? I'd just get a bit sort of religious on you there, you know, so, (laughs) we cast out the pain, no, no, that sort of stuff, no, just, just praying for, for my arm and all that sort of thing, and nothing happened, nothing happened, for, every week I'd say, would you pray for me, and they go, Lord, and and the prayers got like this in the end, oh, God, Lord, will you, will you heal him to stop him pestering us, you know, that sort of thing, and and nothing happened, and uh, then something like eight months later, we're in a prayer meeting in the back room, and this, a fellow who was quite new to the church, sat there, and this is, this is his words, right? He says, I've got a pain in my arm that's not mine. Now, you won't understand what I'm saying if you're not church people. But sometimes when God speaks to you, how does he do that? He goes, Tim. You know, no, it, it doesn't. I don't hear that kind of voice. But one of the things God sometimes does is You can have a sensation in your body. And he had this pain in his elbow. And he said, I haven't got a problem. He said, so I think God's telling me to pray for someone who's got a bad elbow. I said, well, ah, ha, ha. (laughs) Yes. So, So would you pray for me? So he put his hands on my elbow. It went burning hot. And the pain left. And it's never been back since. God with us? So with every criticism, and I hear the criticism, and I, was not, I wasn't critical of him for eight months because I knew he could do it. But he didn't do it for eight months. But that didn't mean he wasn't there. And for everything that we can sort of voice that wants to speak out in negative, there are people who will be sat here who are saying, yeah, but if it wasn't for God, I, I, I tell you. And God has been there as a healer. God has been there as a provider. People have cried with me and said, I've lost my job. I don't know what I'm going to do. Would you pray for me? And that's hard, you know, when you're the pastor, it's like, I'm supposed to be the jack of, you know, all trades. The one who can fix everything. And I can't even fix my own life, let alone everybody else's. But you pray. And you don't know if God's going to do anything. Well, you believe he will, but you don't know. And then them same people come back and say... I can't believe what God's done. He's opened a door in this, and it's like the best job I've ever had. For everyone who says, why, 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 there's somebody else who'll give you the answer. Because He's been there for them. And we've had those ups, downs, good times, bad times, rich, poor. I was telling someone the other day, like, we, we were poor as children. In fact, when my wife and I were. We were married. We we were so poor at one time. We just lived on jacket taters. Oh, <laughs> see the sympathy. See, you know, jacket taters, and then we we, we had beans. Um, <laughs> you, you know, and and you know what? During that time, someone gave us a car. So I, I can't answer all the questions, but is he with us? just, it's all going wrong, it's all going wrong, have a car. What? So we didn't have to worry about that. He's been with us in so many different things. I was going somewhere then, wasn't I? Where was I going? I don't know. <laughs> the healer is still healing. The deliverer is still delivering. I want to know what it was about how poor I was as a child. I, I, I mean, it was, you know, one of four boys, four sets of Action Man clothes. One Action Man. Tuesday was the day I was allowed to play with him. He's <laughs> supposed to be a bit more sympathetic than that, you know, just <laughs> laugh at me, you know. We, we had four kittens, we had a cat, it had four kittens, haven't we? No, no that was so cute. Four kittens. Mine got killed. It's terrible. See that? Oh. You don't get it, dear. you? You don't get it. (laughs) You see, for me, Jesus is still God with us today. You know, life is going to happen whether you believe in God or not. You do know that. I heard something else on the radio the other day, and I thought, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. He says, you know, in a 100 years, he says, you and your story won't even be thought about. You'll all have come, gone, died, buried, and it's everything that you worry... What are you worrying about now? Oh, I can't do this, and life's over, and I'll never have a partner, and it's never going to work. And... Me, I'm retiring, I'm a failure, you know. A hundred years' time, who? Who was that? Tim who? Who's this CD? Who's this cassette? (laughs) They used to sing like that in those days. (laughs) Yeah. So it's about God with us today, and this time of year really is why we're doing this, is to remind us that it is this gift of Jesus who was given to us, not to ignore it. I'm not going to sing this song, but I love a song that was written, um, and it said something along the lines of, um, let this child be born in your heart. Let this child be born in your heart. Because if he is God with us, and I really truly believe that, then something about our trust in him, our believing that Jesus was who he said he was, brings God into us, into our homes, into our circumstances. Good and bad, I'm I'm just going to finish and we're going to sing a a silent night. But do you know the 23rd Psalm? How many of you know that one? Lord my shepherd, I shall not want. And then it starts this lovely little sort of journey of he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Leads me in the paths of righteousness. Every verse in that is about what God does to us. It's brilliant, except for one verse. He anoints our head with oil. His goodness is before us. It's there, blah, 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 everything. But one verse, the verse that we quote more than any other verse, is what we do. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Every other verse is you lead me, you lead me, you lead me, you anoint me, you bless me, you pour this over me and all that. But I walk. When I walk into a mess, When I walk into something and get myself all in trouble. When when I've done it. But I love what the psalmist says. You're still with me. Even when it's like death, you're with me. Don't tell me you've never gone down your own road. We've all done it. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you all. It's a great um, psalm, uh, song, which is Silent Night. We're going to sing that together.